0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Corey Marshall Show. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate you guys showing your support and checking out my show. Um, If you guys enjoy it, stay tuned for other episodes and let's jump into this one. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Corey Marshall Show. This is the first episode under the revamped podcast of it. Um, As previously before, as you guys know, I've done mostly racing, things like that um which I probably still will do but just to give a brief context before we jump into the episode with my guest here um I'm going to be I'm going to be covering true crime, UFOs, conspiracy theories, racing, music, any pretty much anything that comes to mind. I have a couple other episodes that I'm pretty stoked about to set up here soon. Um so just to give a brief context of what's to come for it's not FTK racing anymore but it's going to be still me just doing different topics and stuff like that so just to give a brief context um and a rundown of what was going on but i'm not going to take all the time and um waste it on just explaining why i revamped everything so today um he's he's coming back ben austin is here with me so hey what's up ben
1: hey what's going on dude how are you
0: oh a lot better now we got this whole thing figured out but uh (laughs) it was a it was a trip
1: um oh technology it's wonderful and frightening all at the same time
0: yeah i'm like i said i'm new to it i it's just it's a nightmare for me because i'm not tech savvy but whatever i'll i'll eventually figure it out and get around with the times
1: dude we'll spend some time off camera doing some of this and i'll get you it, it's uh once you get into it it's it'll run like a charm
0: yeah i I'm glad I got friends that are like willing to help like you and I'm sure I can reach out to some other people and stuff but it's it's definitely uh like even like because my wife have helped me set this up and then she yeah. left for the, for the morning and I'm like am I going to be able to figure this out on my own without her being here but uh <laughs> anyways so yeah. so today's episode um which I'm, I'm excited and nervous because I've never covered a topic like this, but I'm, I'm pretty stoked about it. And uh, Ben's got some pretty good insight on the whole thing too, so hopefully you can coach me along a little bit. But uh, we're going to be covering the Travis Walton abduction. Now, if you are a UFO fan or whatever they're called, you probably know about the case. And along with, as is, 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 is I was saying before, Benny and Barney Hill and the Travis Walton case are probably the two main cases that somebody's gonna mention when you mention a UFO uh, incident. I would assume. Um, so I'm just gonna. I got some some facts pulled up here. We're just gonna read them off, and then me and Ben are just gonna tag team, go back and forth. He's got a lot more insight. I've listened to his podcast uh, real quick before we jump off of this episode. Um, I'm just gonna plug it in, and then I'm sure he'll plug it in at the end. UFO no podcast. Um, he does all sorts of cool episodes, I can't remember all of them off the top of my head, but he does have a Travis Walton one as well, um, so if you want a little bit more information, and he probably does a lot better job than me, um, go check it out, uh, it's really cool, and I actually listened to that one a couple weeks ago, because we actually had this scheduled, and then a bunch of things happened between, I got sick, you, what was it, your gallbladder? You had your gallbladder out? evil gallbladder, yeah. Uh, like, I just got over being, like, I was literally just sick for three or four days, so... Um, Oh, geez. Yeah. But anyways, so that's what we're going to dig into is the Travis Walton case. And um, so at any time, if you want to chime in or if you have some extra points that you have that I might never heard of, uh, go ahead and feel free to to throw them out there because I'm excited to hear them, too.
1: Well, real quick, when you mentioned the Betty and Barney Hill first, that was the very first big abduction case in, in history. Uh, So that's why it's important, at least for me, it's important in the, uh, you know, lineage of abductions is that it influences other abductions. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So did Travis know about the Betty and Barney Hill? Did that influence his own abduction? Um, Did that influence the story that everybody else told? Uh, so that was kind of a big part of that is because there was already this really big UFO abduction scenario. Only one.
0: Really, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, at that time, it it made a lot of people wonder if he was just kind of riding on the coattails of this other very large abduction scenario. But is is really compelling. I think, in my opinion, it's more compelling than the Betty Barney Hill. Uh, scenario but the benny and barney hill get a lot more cred because they are the first
0: yeah and you know see that's the thing too is um same with bigfoot for example um you know if if he's real i don't know i can't say but if he's real and there is say you see a, ge- a genuine sighting of him and then you run off and be like hey man i i just saw bigfoot and then your buddy's like, oh, that's crazy. But then he might be thinking, well, now all of a sudden I've seen Bigfoot. And then the guy next to him seen Bigfoot. But it's all different. It's all it's all under the same umbrella but different context. So, like, you might have seen Bigfoot walking through the woods. But this guy's like, no, I saw him in my car. And then I saw him in my backyard. But it's like, what is true? Um, yeah. But it's also built off of, like you said, like, so if Benny and Barney Hill was the first um, documented case there could be other people out there that are like, maybe I can, you know, like you're saying, I could build off this. And so I, I don't know. I, I'm on the fence about all this stuff. I don't, <clears throat> I don't know for sure if it's true or if it's not true, but it's interesting because if it is fake, if this whole case is fake, which I don't know if it is or not, but if it is fake, this is the biggest story that I know of off the top of my head um, that could be the wool pulled over everybody's eyes and fooled Millions of people. I mean, not only the people directly involved in this case, but the people that um, outside of it, people like me and you and some of the other people that have probably covered it or, or done research on it. So it's like if it's if it's fake, that's pretty impressive. But the thing that throws me about the whole case, which we'll get into is the. um. So the best way I can think about it is like up until he actually uh, gets abducted or abducted. Um, yeah could be a hoax in my opinion. You could have somebody plan all this stuff out, but what gets me is when like I said I don't want to spoil everything and get into it right now, but the the part after he's gone. That's where yeah. things get weird because up until that point, you and I mean yeah, he could just disappear for a few days and go to somebody's house and hang out and then all of a sudden magically reappear. He could, but the fact that all his buddies were there when it happened, and then what was it, like a half hour later, an hour later, they go back, and now he's gone. Um, well, yeah,
1: let's let's go through it in chronological order, if you want. I mean, then that way, those that don't know, know about the case, they just have a, a clear timeline of what happened.
0: Yeah, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start out like yeah. um on UFO Insight here. I'm gonna read this first little paragraph they have, and then um I guess we can just kind of build off of that because, like yeah. I said, you know a lot more about it than I do. Um, I was I was just reading this, um, I don't know, 10 minutes ago, so it's still kind of fresh, but like I said, you have more in-depth and can probably tie into it, but I'm going to read this little section, and then we can just build off of that. You got it. Uh, the apparent alien abduction of the then 22-year-old Travis Walton in the winter of 1975 is perhaps one of the most well-known and such encounters... ...of such encounters, like we were just discussing, me and Ben were just discussing, um, aside from Benny and Barney Hill. I mean, there's plenty of other ones, but um, anyways, not least due to Walton's story resulting in a book and then a movie, Fire in the Sky, which I've not seen. I heard you talk about but I've not seen it.
1: Great movie.
0: Um, It is also, perhaps ironically, the monetary compensation enjoyed by Walton that has led some to cast doubt on the incident... Now, I'm going to pause there because, like we were discussing, if this is fake, you can probably, I don't know, I didn't dig into how much money he made off this, but if you make a movie deal and then you sign him, you're making books, you're probably going to make a decent amount of change. So, if this is fake, I can see why, like I said, depending on how much money he made, I don't know if it was millions and billions or if it was whatever, but I can see why this would be appealing to somebody because if you're... Like this dude, that's a lumberjack. Basically, you know, you're busting your butt all all day long. You're out in the cold. You're out in the rain. You're like this. This life sucks. I gotta think of something. And in 1975, you don't have YouTube. You don't have TikTok. So you can't become famous or make money that way. So I can see why this would be appealing at this time frame. Especially, uh, this is after Benny and Barney Hill, or just before? No, this is after Benny and Barney
1: Hill. I think was like 64 or 61 somewhere in there. So. Um, Yeah. So this is quite a few years after. So, again, there's a lot of cultural, um, you know, cultural weaving of UFOs, aliens. I mean, you got to think this is right before Star Wars. Yeah. This is after 2001 Space Odyssey, I believe. Um, Or maybe. No, that might have come after. But. Either way, there were already alien in cult, aliens in culture. I mean, there was aliens in culture in sixty one with Betty and Barney Hill. Yeah. So my argument has always been that, well, were they influenced as well? You gotta think Roswell was forty seven.
0: Yeah, yeah. So and Roswell
1: that, had already happened.
0: And by that the in time itself Betty and Barney Hill. And that in itself was already proved, uh, far as I know to be a hoax. Um, well you know? To an extent. I don't know the ins and outs, but I know that there's a couple of different stories of it possibly being a weather balloon and then possibly yeah. it being real. So
1: Well, that's the hard part is you have the Air Force that comes out in the new with Roswell, anyways, just to yeah. really quick divert on that one, is you have the Air Force right after where newspapers reported that the government recovered a crashed UFO. They the the newspapers reported it. The next day, it was it was taken out of the papers and replaced with a U.S. Air Force um, explanation that was, oh, it was a weather balloon. And that's the famous picture that you see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on in the 70s, which is interesting about this again, is now obviously a you know, peaked interest because the uh, the Air Force came out or the government came out with another explanation Saying, "Oh no, you know what? You were right. It wasn't a weather balloon. It was a spy balloon for a thing called Project Mogul." So now all of a sudden they're saying, "Oh, it was a secret classified, you know, weather program. We were spying on the Russians That's somehow over U.S. Though." Uh, so anyway, so there's all there's a lot with Roswell that makes it hard to say whether it was real or not real. That's what's so difficult with the Roswell case. Uh, again, with the Travis Walton case, it's difficult because of what he went through—the mm-hmm. five days missing, his account when he came back—but then there's several other things in there that it, that I'm sure we'll get into that uh, that make it um, make me doubt its its authenticity. So,
0: um, the real quick on a rabbit trail, though, like all that what you just said about the uh, the weather balloon. That yeah. basically just happened in real life again. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the with the, with the balloons. yeah, with the China, you know, it was a weather balloon. Now it's a spy balloon. And it's like now yeah. that you're just saying that I'm like, that's basically the same exact scenario just in 2023.
1: I think that Roswell was a false flag for the introduction of super advanced secret technology they had been working on since the 30s and that they were now implementing it and crashed it in Roswell. That it could potentially be linked to a thing called Project Sunshine where they were testing, um, they were taking real human bodies and launching them really high in the atmosphere to see the effects of radiation in space on the human body. And they, there's some that say that they were actually kidnapping Japanese homeless and children and all that stuff, bringing them over to the U.S. Um, and launching them up there. And that what people saw was not aliens, they were these disformed radiation-stricken Japanese bodies, mostly children. Um, And that's what people saw in Roswell, was them carting off these deformed bodies that were for Project Sunshine and that they were also testing secret technology at the same time. But who knows?
0: Yeah, you never know. We're going to take a quick break there for a second. Yes. So uh, let me get back to my web here. Oh, crap. I just... All right, you can uh, continue on that for a minute because I accidentally messed a bunch of stuff up again. No worries. Um, so, yeah, the. Uh... Oh, hold on a second here. I don't know if I got the right one. All right. So now I got to find Travis Walton. Okay. All right. Okay, so now we got this thing figured out here, guys. I do apologize. I am new to this, um, new to the computer aspect of it, not to podcasting. Anyways, yeah. so we just just got discussing, uh, got done discussing what you know we were just talking about, um, and I left off on the monetary gain here from yeah. the website here. Okay, so enjoyed by Walton. That has led some to cast doubt on the incident, like we were discussing before. Um, several investigators claiming the account is nothing but a hoax, which we already discussed is a possibility. Um, in 2017, Walton would defend himself against against such claims. Although he was, as we will look at at shortly, <clears throat> Walton did fail one lie detector test and passed no and passed no less than 16. Now I want to pause there for a second because. Yep. I don't know if you have too many, if any experience with a lie detector test, because I don't. Um, but I know from what I've been told by other people that it is possible to manipulate them. Oh, yeah. So for this part of the, the the case, to me, doesn't really hold a lot of validity because if you can manipulate it to fail, so like this says he failed one test and he passed 16. So if yeah. you can if you can manipulate it to fail... I'm only assuming you can manipulate it to pass. So, as far as the
1: operator goes, not the person being tested.
0: Well, I was—I mean, either one. But from what I've yeah. been told, and like I said, I have no experience on a lie detector test. But from what I've been told, that you can, like, if you are the person taking it, you can also manipulate it to where it passes by your well, breathing the thing or is, something. Is it's
1: all about controlling heart rate. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, so that's what,
1: the, what is picking up is it's picking up you know, fluctuations in your temperature and your heart rate to indicate whether you're lying or not. So it's all based on generalizations of people and, and what their bodies do when they're lying. Now, here's what the thing is. If you can like anything, if you can control breath work, if you can control your heart rate, if you can Mm -hmm. control your demeanor, your temperature, all these things, which is hard to do, but people can do then you can absolutely pass a, a, a lie detector test. Yeah. This is why they're no longer, I believe, they're no longer ad, uh, admissible in court.
0: Yeah, I think you're right because I've I yeah. followed a few true crime podcasts and I've listened to many, 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 many hours of true crime episodes and I think there's a few of them that said because of that specific reason that if you manip- manipulate the test and then they put you in court and say, well, he didn't pass or he, he passed his test, and say you did commit the murder, then you just got away with murder. I mean, obviously there's more into it than that. but uh, mm-hmm. So I can see why it would not be admissible in court. And that's why mm-hmm. I said for me in this part of the case, not, I'm not speaking on the whole case, but for this part of it at least, doesn't hold any weight to me because of what we just discussed. Because if he did, and now I don't know if he has the mindset to do that or if he had the, 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 the knowledge to do that. Um, yeah. I have no idea because obviously neither one of us was there. But if you can already do that to begin with, so to me, automatically says that holds no weight because you could have either manipulate to pass or fail. So for me, yeah. that, if, well, I'm, if I'm investigating that and I know these, these facts about lie detector tests, for me personally, that doesn't mean anything.
1: Well, the other factor is this, is it doesn't account for people, a lie detector test will not account for people that truly believe what they are saying. So yeah, here's the thing true. is, is if you have a murderer,
0: mm-hmm. right, yeah.
1: they're not going to believe they're innocent. They're going to try and convince you they're innocent, right? They know they did it. So they know they're guilty. So they're trying to cover up for the fact they're guilty. In this case, the hard part is this. All these other gentlemen that were with them, by the way, there was seven people in total, Travis Walton and then six others. Yep, yeah. <clears throat> They all passed lie detector tests as well. So here, here's the 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 interesting thing is that if they all believed that this really happened, if Travis Walton really believed, which he does, really believes that this happened to him, then he would be able to pass a lie detector test because in his mind and his body, he's not lying.
0: Yeah, that's true. And so,
1: so that's the other thing about this that is compelling is that, well, true belief you would show no signs of lying. Yeah. That doesn't mean it happened either. Now, here's here's another aspect of this. Um, you know, we're bouncing around a little bit in this case, but the the thing is, is that after this all happened, um, do you want to give a clear, like, chronological order to to the audience to give them an idea of exactly like when this happened and how this happened?
0: Yeah. If if like I was just going off of what the website yeah, yeah. had here, but yeah, if you got so a here's better, what I got so yeah. i
1: can i mean real quick synopsis of of how this went down so like you had said 1975 there they uh six seven people including travis walton i can't remember all their names um uh... were had just finished logging in uh the forest and so they were driving along these these uh logging roads which have ever been on these logging roads they're crazy bumpy so they're taking it slow and they see this orange glow or a red glow, which is where the name for the movie comes in, "Fire in the Sky." So they saw, see this red glow coming up from the forest, and their first thought is because they're they're forest conservationists, you know, and all this, they're loggers. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of their their job to also watch out for anything going on in these woods that they could help out with. So <coughs> they see what looks like a fire, so they head to it. When they get there, what they see, and all men say the same thing, that when they got there, they saw a craft in this small clearing in the woods just off the road that was creating this glow. As soon as they stopped, Travis, having already been a UFO enthusiast, right, so he is already into UFOs, already into the subject, the topic. In fact, him and his brother had always said, if we ever see anything, don't run from it, look at it, try and figure out what it is. So with that spirit in mind, he jumps out of the truck And runs over, starts heading over to the craft. Um, And he tucks down, like, behind this log. This is all according to his account, by the way. Yeah. Um, And the six other guys are in the truck, freaked out, going, get back in the truck. What are you doing? Right? So they're yelling at him to get back in. He's not getting back in. He's tucked behind this truck. The craft starts to make some kind of a, a humming, rumbling noise that he describes he felt more than heard. Right. So I'm thinking like a a deep engine roar of some kind.
0: Yeah. It right? said that it really said, said on here chat. earlier um, when I was reading it was a, like a turbine sound, like a jet turbine. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and,
1: you know, that obviously he's referencing what he knows. Yeah. So it might not have even been that he's just our brains are designed to compare things that we're hearing or seeing to other things that we know to help us uh, to to identify it and scan it. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so. He starts to hear this. He gets up to to go back to the truck, and this is where he says he's at its closest. He's closest to the craft at this point. He starts to turn to go back to the truck, and some kind of beam, again, all the men say the same thing, that some beam came out from the craft, struck Travis in the chest, chest, launching him back anywhere from three to five feet. Yeah. And he, he just lands there unconscious. The guys think he's dead, so they just take off. And leave him there. Well, they get a little ways down the road and the, the driver, Mike, I can't remember all their names, but I remember his name.
0: Um, Mike
1: is like, no, 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 no. We got to go back, guys. We can't leave him. So they all decide, OK, yeah. All right. Let's go back. So when they get back, which maybe five minutes later, the craft and Travis are both gone. Yeah. No signs of him. No scorch marks. No nothing. Which it's not like they get out of the truck right then and, and search a whole lot. They just see that he's gone. They're like, oh, no. So then they take off and they head towards town. They stop by this – in in the movie, it's like a restaurant. I think it was like a little corner store or something. Either way, they stop somewhere.
0: In the 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 article, they said they stopped at like a gas station, I believe. Like a gas gas station or something.
1: And uh, to use the phone in which that's when they call the police. Yep. That's when the police come out. They interrogate these guys. Um, and all these guys tell them the same story. This some craft, Travis, he's gone. You know, it looks like he was struck in the chest. We think he's dead. So the first thing they do, of course, is they go out searching. They don't find anything. Um, five days goes by. They still don't find anything. Um, now, all of a sudden, the local police, a lot of the local people are, are thinking these guys killed him. Um, even one of the guys had a fight with Travis the morning before this all happened, because um, he was after Travis's girl. Mm. And so he was over at Travis's girlfriend's house When Travis showed up. They got in a fight that morning. Um, and so that's where the whole. Doubt of what really happened, they, they were trying to pin it on this guy. Well, clearly, this guy killed him. And now they're all covering up for it by saying this UFO. So that's the bulk of the story. Yeah, is that is that that's the encounter. Everything else that comes from this story comes after uh, Travis came back, right? So after he comes back, here's where things get a little hinky. After he comes back, first of all, he's pretty well catatonic, can't speak. Yeah. He's, he's uh, traumatized. Um, so they can't get much out of him. The first people that contact him, <clears throat> aside from police, are UFO researchers, Okay, so they already want to believe this. They already want to reinforce this. They already want to solidify the story as a UFO abduction, as opposed to a regular journalist asking regular questions, um, anything. But no, as it, instead, it's this group. They get a hold of him, and they immediately suggest that he goes and gets hypnotically regressed. Okay, do you know what that is?
0: I think that's where like, you get uh, uh, hypnotized to like recreate. Memories, or something like that, yes, or a recreative event. Yeah.
1: Memories. Yeah. So the whole idea is like <clears throat> the brain, sometimes, this is the idea of hypnotic regression that sometimes the brain, due to trauma, will block memories. Yeah. Well, because it's too hard for you to, to uh, you know, to keep reliving or whatever, it will literally block out those memories. This is very common in, in trauma. Um, so it, 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 hypnotic regression is a real thing and it really does work for the reasons that they say but it's also used in ufo circles where there's there's very little oversight
0: yeah very and little these facts people
1: have a have careers as hypnotic regressionists for ufos and aliens instead of just being a regular hypnosis and then being you know like contracted out to do this believer or not believer now you have believers that are unlocking these these memories and it's very easy as they've shown to be able to implant memories false memories at the same time. Yeah. I mean so it's the same process unlocking memories is the exact same process as implanting memories you're guiding someone to a memory. So the idea is you're you're walking this person through their own memories but with the slightest um nudge in the right direction
0: yeah i think like oh, similar yeah. to like to tie into uh what you're saying is i've seen in like i said i'm a true crime fan and i believe it's a west west memphis three case where the there's three boys that were murdered and these other three guys uh basically got pinned for it but what one of them um in to tie into what you're saying is and i can't remember the exact details off the top of my head But basically what happened is they were interviewing or uh, interrogating this one guy, but they were slightly doing what you were saying. So they would say, for example, oh, so one of the boys had a red hoodie and say the hoodie was black, but say if they're trying to recreate to where it's going to fit their narrative. So he would say the one of the boys was wearing a a red hoodie and the guy and the guy would sit back and be like, yeah, maybe it was red. And then they would say like, oh, maybe, maybe you did see or do X, Y, and Z. That guy knows he didn't, but now he's put in a situation in a murder case where you got cops interrogating you. Now he's thinking maybe I did see yep. X, Y, and Z, and then from there, same with this, where if Travis uh, was abducted um, and then can't directly remember everything, but maybe the you know these investigators were like, well, maybe. Maybe the beam hit you and then you, did, you ascended into the craft and you just don't remember. And Tra- I can see yeah. Travis sitting back being like, yeah, maybe that was right. Or maybe there was four beings on the ground that took you into the craft w- with you. Um, yeah. So I can see manipulating that part of it. Um, and that's where, that's, that's, see, like, for me, that's where it makes things difficult. Because like you, exactly. don't, you don't know. And, and do I want to believe this happened? Yeah, I do in a way because it it would, it'd be mind blowing. I mean, um, but it's, that's what makes, and not only just this case, like the same Benny and Barney Hill, I haven't studied that one in depth yet. Um, now, like I said, that I'm on this new venture, I'm probably going to get to it, but, um, it's just, there's so many different things to this case that for me, like when I was listening to your episode, um, trying to gather information and stuff that like when you were talking, I was like, it's. I don't know. It's just it's just weird. Like a lot of the facts and a lot of the things that come out of this is just weird. And you know, like I don't know. It's but well, it's I get those hinge points. Yeah.
1: Like the hypnotic regression. The fact that we have no record of what his memories were mm-hmm. prior to the hypnotic regression. There's no record. So there's no like let's say in a trauma case you're going to have where the witness fills out of the statement before they ever get hypnotically regressed to establish what their memories are, what they remember before they unlock these memories. What's their base memory like? We have no idea what that is. Yeah. So we have no record of Travis, of what his memories were the moment he came back. What did he remember? What didn't he remember? All we have on record is his unlocked Quote unquote, unlocked memories.
0: Yeah. Which,
1: if manipulated by hypnotic regression, to establish this during a time when UFOs and aliens were starting to become more and more prominent in culture again, there was incentive for people, not just Travis, not just the family, not <clears throat> just the people involved, but also everyone coming to interview him could have made a career from this.
0: Yeah. When, yeah. Who did?
1: They did make a career. Now, they're in the history books as oh, this is the guy they hypnotically regressed Travis Walton, and this is the team that investigated the case. So they, they did get what they wanted out of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I um, mean no, in, 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 in know, a it, in a nutshell, everybody did. I mean exactly like we said in the very beginning of this, if this is fake, Travis not only gained fame, um, as you mentioned on your on your podcast, he went to Jogan. Uh, and and talked about him on there, and I I I do believe I watched that too, but I don't remember everything. So he went to that, which I mean, obviously Joe Rogan's. I I think, far as I know, is like the number one podcast. I don't know if there's anyone yeah, bigger he than is, him. Yeah,
1: the number one. Podcast. Um,
0: so you got that, and then all the mo- the the money from the books and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. like you're saying, like the the hypnotic people gain something, the people investigating gain something, and then most of the star of the whole show is is gaining everything he possibly could have wanted and probably and then some that he didn't even know if if this is fake there's a well, big that's the
1: whole thing is like him and his brother wanted to see something yeah before they ever got into this it's established they want it. and look i'm not this isn't a character assassination i'm not attacked i don't want people to think like i think that travis is a liar he could truly believe what he that he thinks this you know that that yeah This happened, but it could also be, in my opinion, as much as likely that he was manipulated by this group of UFO researchers to immediately I mean, we're talking within days of him being back. This UFO research team was on him, badgering him, not about regular general questions to unlock, but feeding him questions specifically about aliens, specifically about UFOs. And then you have a hypnotic regressionist who is specifically there to unlock memories about an alien abduction. He was told this. And it's so funny that you have... say
0: that. It's funny that you say that because in this, in this article here, it says the reappearance. And it said Walton, uh, like when he reappeared, it said Walton sounded confused, panicked, and disoriented. So if you take somebody confused, panicked, and disoriented, and in any life situation, doesn't have to be aliens, but I mean if you wreck your car... And you're dis- disoriented and confused. And then somebody comes up and be like, man, you were all over the road. You're going to be like, what What? What do you mean? And then you're going to be like, maybe I was all over the road. And yep. so if you take a person in that mind state, like you were saying, and then what? Four or five days afterwards where you're still trying to wrap your head around what happened if this is all real.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
0: just bombarding him with, with with questions. And then the hypnosis part of it. Like, I can see where if it didn't happen or if this is truly what he believes, I can see where... A lot of things would get jumbled up and just you know kind of all mashed together in his own head. Not necessarily because all the on the outside, from what I, what I would gather, like if I'm in the situation, everything else is clean cut and dry, uh, so to speak. Up until you get to Travis, because he's the most he's the one that was involved. And like it says here, disoriented, and confused. Um, you know, I've heard many cases. I'm pretty sure the same with Benny and Barney Hill. I keep going back to that because that's the one that pops into my head. But I'm pretty sure when they. Uh, were abducted and then came back the same same thing where they maybe not panic but probably confusion disorientation well what's things interesting like that
1: with with betty and barney hill they had in their case it was missing time
0: yeah yeah where so it's they, like they, we're...
1: they they were driving on the road and then all of a sudden they they see something out of you know up in the sky they have this this uh, encounter with a craft they see a craft mm-hmm. that's that's for sure they see something And then after that, all of a sudden, they're driving down the road. They're three, two, three hours ahead of where they were with no recollection of how they got there. And then again, here's the hinge point through hypnotic regression. They all of a sudden had this crazy experience of being abducted, experimented on. Betty was imbued with a message that that pinpointed where the aliens were from. And she was like able to draw out a star map. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, it's and, crazy. But and that's yeah.
1: So,
0: uh, yeah, i was just going to say cuz so, so like many many cases and and I'll give you an example. So and I don't know if this is real or not. So I was probably I don't know, 13. I'll just throw out a number. I don't remember. But I was at my parents' house and we used to live in the country. Um we used to have just I mean there's just fields everywhere. We had a fire pit set up and we we're out back having a just having a campfire. And I can't remember if it was... See, this is, this is what I'm trying to prove right now. And I have no clue what what this was, but I'm trying to remember so I can only put in perspective where he was coming from. So yeah, we're sitting yeah. there hanging out, right? And all of a sudden, like, over the tree line, um, it looked to me, and like I said, I don't remember, so don't quote me, but it looked to me like a string of lights. You know, I don't know if it curved or not, but it looked like a string of lights. And, it was, and to me, it looked like it was above the tree line. So now is it possibly, is it possible a plane? hundred percent. But the thing that I, I can't comprehend, and I actually kind of forgot about it for a while until I started getting into UFO stuff. Um, I don't know what I saw. I don't know. I can't, I, I didn't run up to my house and say, Hey, mom and dad just saw a UFO. And that was, you know, I'm 33 now. So like you had that time gap in between for me to try to nail it down. So, like, if you're going to sit here and try to question me about it, I can't give you all the details about it. I mean, and yeah. I, wasn't even, I wasn't even in a situation like this. So, I don't know what I saw. I don't know if it was a plane. And just my brain at that time and how young I was converted it into, like, what you were saying, what you want to see. And yeah. that's an interesting thing that when you say that, because I want to get into that a little bit at some point in this episode, because... I don't think it only ties directly to UFOs. Um you know there's the Bigfoot, there's Chupacabra, there's uh, yeah. paranormal um and and all those things I just mentioned have different aspects to them obviously cuz not directly involving UFOs. But I think some of the outcomes of those um is like you said is where what Somebody so like if you're a uFO enthusiast, you want to see a uFO that's your goal you want to capture a uFO so deep down inside every fiber of your being, you want to see it so if you see something in the slightest you know it could even be a flame a plane flying over in a cloud that you can't quite quite make out, and you can't pinpoint it, and you might be like that's a UFO because yep. your brain is telling you that's what you want to see, and I don't know. If that's the case in most of these, but I think when... Because I've heard you say it many times, people kind of see what they want. Yeah. So, same with Bigfoot. Like, do I believe Bigfoot exists? I have no idea. I mean, is it possible that some of these creatures and some of these things that people are see possibly exist? Yeah, there's parts of the world we don't know. We've never even touched. Yeah. But... That doesn't mean that if you want to see Bigfoot and then you saw a big dog running through the woods one day and then you couldn't clearly make it out. Now your brain just said you saw Bigfoot and now your dream has been fulfilled. Um,
1: And I think some of that ties into this. It's the idea of clouds, right? So when you were a kid, everybody's done this. I've done this. I'm sure everybody's done this. Where you look at clouds and you, you find shapes. Yeah. You thought, oh, look, that one looks like a crocodile. Oh, look at that one. That one looks like a dancing ballerina, whatever, whatever. Yep, yep. It's the exact same idea. Our brains are designed to seek out patterns. Yeah. that's how That's how our brains are designed. And when you are now influencing that brain with your own want and wish to mm-hmm. see something, on top of that, cultural references and influences, on top of that, And your brain is already filled with all these ideas of what things could be. So like you just pointed out, when you see something strange, most people aren't just going to give or people that really, really want to be a part of something bigger. You and me, we're comfortable saying, I don't know what this was. I saw something, but I don't know what it was. There are some people out there that aren't satisfied with that. Yeah. They're not satisfied. They feel like this was bigger. They feel like it was bigger. So what do they do? They add in details Mm -hmm. that make it bigger. And so so that's what you have. It's human nature. It's not like I'm calling anybody liars or anything like that. It's human nature. So to me, the fact of these encounters and experiences, they completely dismiss the fallibility of human nature. The fact that eyewitness accounts are unreliable yeah uh hypnotic regression without a clear establishment of what the memories were prior and what they are now after hypnotic regression those are unreliable you have the lie detector tests that are unreliable mm-hmm. so you have a lot of unreliable things that are going on in this case to me what makes it the most compelling thing the this case specifically is the fact that he was truly missing for five days and all yeah. of these other dudes that were not involved in UFOs were not interested in UFOs that were down to earth logging dudes mm-hmm. uh one of them hated Travis they all said the same thing they all said they saw the same thing they all said that they exactly what happened to Travis they all said the same thing <clears throat> so that's you
0: to know me that's, that's, that's the that's thing compelling yeah and that and and I agree with you on that because so you have seven people, well six including Travis would be seven. So you have seven people, one of the one one of which is the direct star of this, like I said, and then you have six other dudes that are all telling you the exact same thing. So now, if this was a hoax, which I'm gonna say again, I don't know if this is real, um, but for two, in in my opinion, I think it's pretty impressive. So if you if you are trying to pull a hoax off, right, and you have six people involved, it's gonna be eventually if you don't all nail down your story. Right off the bat, say, we were driving down the road, saw a glow, saw the UFO, Travis ran out, hit with a beam, boom, gone, that's it. That's all we saw. But if you if you don't all cooperate that in the very beginning, and then you start getting interrogated one by one, it's going to become a game of telephone eventually until you get to the, the sixth person, I would assume. So you're going to have one guy that says, well, we were driving down the road, and I looked up and I saw the craft, and then we saw the glow. And then you might have another guy that says, well, I saw the craft on the ground, and then it hovered, and then I saw a glow, and then he got hit with the beam of light. And then you might have another guy tell something different. So to me, that's what makes it interesting, too, is because you don't have any sort of indiscrepancies between each of those guys. Like, like yeah. if, if, it's, if it's made up. Because, like I said, you could, you could throw any sort of, like that story I just told you. I could have told you that that string of lights I saw hovered over my head and circled around, did a bunch of cool little light shows, and then flew away. And I could have just yeah. made that all up, but you don't know if it's true. So, for, so and looking from the police standpoint, when they're interviewing these people, um, that's what would stand out to me, is that you have six people all experiencing the same thing at the same exact time, and you know days, hours, however many times, or however long it was in between being interrogated, could have changed up their story, could have done anything they wanted, but yet every time you talk to each one of them, obviously aside from Travis say the exact same thing. And it is it is interesting, like you said, because there's no flaw in between each of them that I can pick up, and it's all basically borderline, flatline on the same exact thing. And it doesn't yeah. waver. And that that's makes me wonder, because if it was a hoax, you know, you can, like you were saying before, people build things up all the time. So if this is a hoax, you can build it to the hills. You know, you can be like, yeah, we pulled them back. We're trying to grab them out of the beam, and your know, bubble is over there shooting at it. Like, you could do anything you want, but that's not the case. So that's what also makes it plausible. Yeah. And that's, That's, and that's that's where it makes me think it's, it's strange because like you said, we're humans, we're, we're wired differently. And you know, this, I could be making up this whole podcast right now and making all these facts come up out of nowhere and you're not going to know if it's true and you're not going to know if it's, if it's real. Um, exactly. So,
1: well, that's, that's, you know, the other compelling thing is You know, that, again, most of these guys had no incentive to lie for Travis.
0: Yeah. And again,
1: they didn't kill him. It's obvious because he came back. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not like they had any incentive to to continue to tell this story. So I think the original account of what happened before the abduction scenario that Travis gives after. Everything that happened, I I believe that. Now, what I don't necessarily... uh, buy into is that it was alien yeah i think what you have is you have a lot of incentive by you could say government military whatever i don't know to be testing technology in random places yep random places the wood deep in the woods where there's a small crew of seven people working in the woods and there's really nobody else mind you these guys weren't working around anybody Mm -hmm. else they didn't see anybody else it's a remote area Could it have been anything other than alien? Yes, it could have been. It could have been uh, anything. What struck Travis? I don't know. Could it have been electronic malfunction? Uh, Who knows? Who knows what that actually was? You can speculate all day long. But to me, it's a very, very far leap from something earthly to aliens that were digging around in that particular part of the woods that... Um, what a lot of people believe is that their craft, in fact, Travis puts this out there, is that it wasn't an attack on Travis. It was a natural type of defense that this ship had that when he got too close, it it hit him and that they brought him on board to fix him and that he believes now uh, that he says on the Jogan podcast is that he believes they were actually trying to help him and as opposed to uh, do something bad, but that he was so panicked and, as he says, influenced by culture mm-hmm. to believe the aliens were bad, uh, that he thought it was an attack and that he was so freaked out he couldn't see it any other way. And eventually the the beings that were around him backed off. They sent somebody in that was more familiar to him, a, a more human-looking figure that led him off the craft.
0: Yeah, and Uh, you know, even in his
1: own words, he says that I believe I misinterpreted what the reason why I was brought on board, and I believe that in that entire scenario, it could have mis been misinterpreted that these were aliens in the first place.
0: Yeah, and it it is interesting though that people, and it may be because it's so far fetched, or maybe it's just a crazy sounding story, but maybe that's why everyone jumped to. It's aliens because you can't make sense of it. Like if you if you tell the same story but you say, I don't know what it was, and if you just and you just left it at that, people are gonna be like, what are you talking about, man? Yeah, no book
1: deal.
0: Yeah, it's you can't be. uh, That's like just me telling you that story now. Like where I saw a string of lights. That's all I saw. I don't know what it was. You ain't gonna, you ain't gonna come all the way to, to my house and start investigating me and be like, well, what did you really see? And be like, I told you what I saw, and that's well, all I saw. Let's get you
1: hypnotically regressed, and let's yeah. give you a, a, story where you actually woke up three hours later, and yeah. you had been experimented on, and you know all that. And, and here's the thing, it's just as verifiable as your original story. Yeah. That's the whole point. Is like, because it's a personal experience, it can't be really refuted. Right. So I mm-hmm. it, look, if you have a, a personal religious experience, mm-hmm. how do I mm-hmm. refute that? Yeah, it's your experience. It's your truth. So yeah. how, how do I refute that? You can't without evidence to support or deny. Then it is simple that it, it is a personal experience. It has no credibility in the real world other than that. it 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 mm-hmm. gives you something mm-hmm. to go off of. Right. Yeah. But with abduction scenarios, it's interesting how. We're expected to buy into it because, oh well, this personal experience though leads to such a bigger question, but that doesn't mean that it happened
0: no you know, and it
1: just it's a personal experience, and it's it's as fallible as any other personal experience without evidence
0: and that's the thing, and you know, and so many people like this case, for example, where I don't think if they so if you take everything we just discussed and they don't go to the police right. So yep. all these six guys don't go to the police, they mind their own business. Say they say they went to the gas station, they regained their wits, they're like, "What the heck just happened?" Then one of them might have said, "Hey, let's go back and find Travis." So now if that was to happen, where they didn't call the cops, the the UFO investigators didn't get involved, no hypno no hypnosis or hypnosis happened. I wonder what the the outcome would have been. And it probably would have just been like, "Hey, I saw something weird in the woods," and that was it. And, yep. but well, for... even
1: even if you keep everything the same, Travis is gone for five days, <clears throat> shows up after five days, catatonic, never gets hypnotically regressed. After eventually a time, he might still be traumatized, but it just it it's his own experience that yeah. he has to live yeah. with.
0: And that's but the instead, thing, is...
1: like you said. Instead, what happens is is now he's a part of UFO culture.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and, and this whole conversation and this whole case is, is very plausible to be to be real. And that's why yeah. I've said throughout the episode, I'm not gonna come on here or on anybody's podcast or do anything and say this is hunter unless I know. Like if it's something like that I can prove so like racing for example, like I I can I could tell you I wrecked my race car. And if I don't show you proof, all you can do is believe that. But then if yep. I come to you and say, I wrecked my race car, and then I showed you the video of me wrecking the race car, then you're like, okay, that really happened. Yep. So, I don't know. It's-, it's
1: the ultimate fishing story, dude. This is what I say all the time. It's the ultimate fishing story. You might have gone fishing. You might have been on the river. Mm-hmm. But did you catch the big whopper that happened to get away? That, probably not. And so that's what I say is like, look, you probably have an experience that changed you. That's great. But if you can't prove it, then it's just that. And yeah. by you trying to convince people it's real and getting all this stuff, well, people are going to poke holes in it. And then people get all uptight about the fact that they're poking holes in the story. But it's like, look, this is this is an experience he's claiming that is true. And, uh, and to me, there's no real compelling evidence to make it no. absolutely 100% true. Uh, that... But people buy it like it is. I think it is a very compelling case uh and like i said i think something really did happen to travis uh but i don't know if he was abducted by aliens yeah, i, mean, I, I don't... just don't know
0: see like in this thing is like up until so this whole conversation like i said until until one of us directly experiences say a similar situation or even just seeing a ufo fly over your house chill for a minute take off mm-hmm. you're and still even in that that's your experience like you're saying but until we've so like if you were, so if you could like, be flying the wall, for example, in this case, that's the only way you're going to know if it happened is if you're yep. physically there and if you're physically present. But then again, you're still coming at it as that's your experience because you can go interview all those six guys. Probably you can interview Travis for yourself, but you're still coming back to that's what he experienced. So until like the, so if you have like an outsider that is there experiencing it as well, So, like, for us, for example, like, if we want to know this is true, if we can go back in time and watch this whole thing unfold, we're going to be like, wow, that happened. That was real. But we have no idea, and you can't go back in time. So, honestly, for me, this whole case, I don't know, like I said, I don't don't know if it's real or if it's fake. But I think a, a majority of it comes down to what you said before, and he's also said, is he's already a UFO believer, so he wants to see one. Um, some weird things happen, you know, maybe he did get abducted. Um, he can't explain that. And then he also said too, he was influenced by culture. So, and that for me, like if I'm interviewing somebody that went through a traumatic experience, like this guy did, and then you stop and say, well, I was also influenced by so-and-so I'm going to stop and be like, so now you're just building off of what, you know, now you're not, you're not telling me ABCD what happened now you're just telling me it's like I don't know and so for me I think personally it comes down to less than
1: a minute so I don't know if you want to pause this and
0: yeah I'll pause it real quick okay guys we're back for another break um me and Ben were just basically discussing obviously we discussed the whole Travis Wallen case but we kind of covered everything that we can cover I mean, we're gonna just run around in circles, and we can. You can probably dig really deep into this if you really want, but you you could be you could take an hour long podcast and make it six hours long if you want to dig into each one of these. That's the nuts and the bolts of the case. Yeah, and so basically, like we said, the Travis Walton he says he got abducted by a ufo and he i mean if you guys also want to look into it just type in travis walton or you can go to the website i was using before uh ufo insight they have this whole section of different abduction uh stories not only just travis walton they have a whole variety of different things and it's really cool so if you want to get into it and dig into the case Go to UFO Insight uh, or just type in Travis Walton on Google. I'm sure you'll find something. Or you can go to Jogan. You can listen to his episode and watch that. And um, So, like we said, basically the whole story is Travis Walton disappeared for five days. He got abducted by a UFO, or allegedly got abducted by a UFO, showed back up, and, you know, the rest is history. So, whether it happened, like I said, before we took our break, I personally think my now my mind wouldn't automatically jump to UFO just because I wasn't there. But whatever. I personally think, like you said before, and I just I said before our break that I think it's just more of like what you want to see and what you're kind of already pre-programmed your brain into. Like like we discussed, he was already a UFO enthusiast. So in my brain, that makes sense that he saw that. Um, yeah. So far as the audience, you guys are concerned, I guess you can take it at what you want. Um, and like I said, if you want more information or further in-depth information, you can, you can further research it yourself, um, and come up with your own conclusion. Or if you even have your own opinion and you want to let me know, um, you can, you can go to my, I have one, two, technically I have two pages and it's was kind of confusing. I have FTK racing, but that's going to be mostly racing. And then I have the Corey Marshall show where this will be posted. So if you have any questions or insight, or even found some new information, feel free to either post it on there or message me from that page um but that's basically it guys um i'm gonna let i'm gonna let ben plug his show here because that's what we usually do with podcasters is we plug each other's show when we're on each other's podcast so i'm gonna let him take over and then we're gonna round it off here
1: i appreciate that man uh yeah so i mean we do a pretty good breakdown of the travis walton case um i give my two cents and we go into a little bit more detail as some of the Um, you know, some of the interpersonal relationships that were going on, some of the back end scenes of like in the town and all that kind of stuff. There was a lot to this um, as far as who, who stood to gain from Travis being abducted uh, and and all that. So um, anyways, yeah, go check that out. But otherwise we put out episodes weekly uh, UFO, no podcast, everywhere you find your favorite podcasts. And then uh, that's really it. I mean, just uh, check it out. We're up to 120 episodes now. Dang. so yeah we're doing all right. work but yeah it's it's been fun it's been a learning experience but uh, but anyways yeah check that out and of course I really appreciate you having me on your show dude
0: yeah no I appreciate you coming back on and like I said I apologize for all the the, the hoopla we jumped through to begin here but if, I'm, I'm thankful we did it and like I said before I know we've never met but I feel like we've known each other a long time um and it's and it's always fun to do an episode with you you're always upbeat you got a lot of insight you're super cool and so like that's that. I, I like I like reaching out to you because we can both interact and we kind of think the same way in a little bit not really yeah. but um, I don't yeah, know you just you're just
1: skeptical but believers yeah
0: and and um, you're just fun to have on. And so like, like Ben said, guys, he's also got merch. Where's your merch at? I don't remember. Oh, T-shirt yeah, booth. Yeah, I'm right? kind of
1: switching it up right now. I, I have a shop. Um, it's, uh, I can't remember the link right now, UFO No. dot or whatever. Anyways, but uh, I do have merch. If you check out the show, everything's in the description. Okay. So if you just go find the show anywhere you find your favorite podcast, all the links are in the show notes. But right now I've got a really awesome listener Uh, who's, uh, I got to give him a shout out, Casey Armadillo, uh, which is, his name is actually Casey Amendolaro, (laughs) but I, I screwed up his name when I first did it and he thought it was hilarious. So now we just keep it. Um, so he's Casey Armadillo and he is taking over my merch for me. Cool. Um, so he's, he's, he's like, dude, I love your show and all this. And anyways, but he was like, I'd love to help you out with merch. And so, so he's going to be taking it over. So we're kind of restructuring that. But again, everything's in the show notes, all the ways to support the show. So if you find any episode, um, you'll find all the different ways to find us and support us. Uh, but otherwise, that's it, dude.
0: Yeah, so that's it for today, guys. Like I said, I appreciate you guys coming on, checking out the show. I know it's been a while. Um, there's a whole backstory to what happened, and I'm not going to get into it now. Maybe I'll do that on a separate episode, but um, the moral of the story is, the Corey Marshall Show, formerly FTK, is going to be back up and running. I do already have one more episode scheduled, the 24th, and I have like three or four more in the works, so I'm super stoked. I'm finally getting back into it, and this was a good icebreaker for me to have been on because I know uh, I've been struggling a lot with some mental things personally and some personal things, and it's just been a real downer, and that's part of the reason why I haven't really been doing anything. Um like I said, that's a whole nother episode in itself. But anyways, I appreciate your guys' support. Um, stay tuned for this episode to drop. If you guys are watching on the Facebook page, um, it'll be out. I'm not sure when yet because I got to go through a whole lot of editing and blah, blah, blah. Um, so at some point, it'll be out. Until then, I'll just catch you guys on the next one. That's it for this episode, guys. I appreciate everybody tuning in. I appreciate your support. Um, stay tuned for the next episode and I'll catch you on that one.